Welcome to We'll Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank you, Wanda. Welcome to We'll Ride for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. This is our 41st show. Can you believe oh that? God. I know. I know. Who would have known? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we never make it that far. Yeah. And we're here, as always, to talk to you about wine and writing. And Sam is back this week. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we're going to finally bring you the show we promised weeks ago, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. I missed my last Friday night with Lonnie. Oh. Yeah. Although, although that doesn't really sound right, but you know. That's okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> but many thanks to Jenny and Chrissy for covering for me. It was a great show. Yes, thanks to Jenny and Chrissy for a fabulous show. I had a fabulous time. We partied all week and mm-hmm. got a little work done. <laughs> but mostly it was us. And, you know, our, our form of partying is like getting up and going to IHOP, uh. you know, getting the Rudy Judy fresh and fruity, which is very exciting for me. Um, but we miss Sam. Aww, and uh, we're going to have to get all four of us in a room sometime because it was really, really fun. Yeah. Now there's a recipe for trouble right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is. Mm-hmm. But first, we have wine. So, Lonnie, what are you drinking tonight? I am having a 2006 Dancing River Chardonnay, and I didn't pay attention to... Oh, Monterey County, California. Yep. There it is. It's always handy to it have sounds, the bottle right next to What a pretty name, Dancing River. I love Isn't that. Isn't that nice? Yeah. It's got a nice little elegant, you know, classy label yeah, to it. Yeah, I like very it. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the wine notes are, uh, it gracefully layers tropical fruit notes of pineapple and mango mm. with tartar notes of quince... Quince. I don't know what quince is. Do it's you know what quince is? It's a fruit. It's some kind of uh, fruit. I'm guessing, yeah. but I don't know. These are the I same people know. who give you satellite. So <laughs> I, I'm putting nothing past them. Quince and pear. Then mm-hmm. oak aging steps in. Steps in. Steps like in. Like it's dancing. Yeah. See, because the dancing. Okay. Oh, right. Anyway, steps in. And does a tango. Them. Okay, go right. ahead. Right. <laughs> With the mango. And the quince. To soften the mouthfeel and add a touch of vanilla, a contrast to highlight the fruit. Ah, uh, 13.5% alcohol, 12.99 from My Wine Strike. This is one of the lovely bottle, bottles that uh, you sent me. Oh, and, yay. Um, okay. It's quite yummy. I have to say, I'm not sure about the quince. Yeah. Because I didn't even know what it was, let alone <laughs> what it tastes like. Um, and uh, there is, you know, it says it's got oak aging, but it's not a real strong oaky wine. So I think that even people who don't like oak, oaky wines oh, would like this one. Then I might like it. I think you might. Yeah. It's it's very it's very nice. It's nice. It's fruity. It's mm-hmm. light. It's on the drier side, which I really like in a Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not terribly dry, dry, dry. Yeah. But it's like not not sweet. You know, it's just it's nice in that middle dry range. So good. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. I would say I'm going to give it you know four and a half glasses. I think it's <gasps> excellent, excellent wine. Awesome. I just have not had a bad wine from my wines direct. I know. I They're know. fabulous. I love those people. And mm-hmm. this week, I finally treated myself to the UPS man. Yahoo! Delivering wine. Yay! How was it? How was it? Was it, it was everything awesome. you dreamed it could be? You know what? I yeah. knew the day the delivery was going to be, right? Because it's mm-hmm. on their website. Right. And I so I knew he was going. I put on makeup. <laughs> I got dressed up. I shaved my legs. Okay. <gasps> Now, the UPS man is never going to see my legs, but still. Oh, my God. Is your UPS and, guy cute? Oh, my God. He's so cute. And oh, my God. I even, my old one was Irish. Ooh. Now, yeah, an Irish cute. UPS guy delivering wine. Oh, 
I would have fainted. Yeah, the night really. the new one I have here is nice and everything, mm-hmm. but he's not. The, he's not the little blonde Irish guy that I no, used to have I in got, my old apartment. Yeah, no, he's he's really yeah, he's really mm-hmm. cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. and wow. I even acted surprised when he came to my door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, For me, what, what is, is it? <laughs> I'm like so pathetic, but I was so you know, freaking excited. He looks at the box. When you get to be our age, you got to get your thrills where you can. You know what I'm saying? He literally said, "Well, it's either wine." Or a handgun. <laughs> because you, it says on the box in big letters, must be over 21 right. to sign. Right. Adults only. And it's got all this stuff on it. It's either wine or a handgun. <laughs> Who really? are you delivering to? I don't know. You're out in the country. Like the Sopranos well, area or anything. I know. Oh I know. God. But he is... He's so cute, and I'm thinking, oh. I'm is thinking, he young, cute, or is he yes. like older, distinguished, oh, no. cute? No, he's yeah. Oh, uh. yeah, yeah. I mean, but but like my age, cute. You know, I mean, like oh, not yeah. like you know what I mean. So probably like forty-ish or so, blonde, sandy oh, blonde no, hair, that's not, really that's cute. Not little boy. I'm, when I'm talking oh. young, cute, I'm talking oh, about no, no, boy no, no, toy, no. cute. Oh no, I no, 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 no. But I do mm-hmm. think that UPS mm-hmm. is missing a prime opportunity here because right. I believe that a UPS man calendar. Oh, 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 so what? they don't do that? They don't do that. They don't do a UPS guy calendar? Can oh you my believe God. that? But you know what? You know what, though? What? All those guys are good looking. They mine are. is Mine is like a salt and pepper kind of distinguished. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Cute. Uh-huh. Like, you know, because it's very good looking men who've got the, like, salt and pepper hair going on. And um, I have never had... An unattractive UPS guy. I know. I think it's a job requirement. I really I do. Think, I, I think, think it is. I think they screen or really? something. Really? I mean, honestly. And if they did a calendar, mm-hmm. they would make more money on that calendar I than they probably brilliant. do, you know, shipping all their right, stuff. Right, delivering so. stuff. Yeah. Oh, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Because, you know, the yeah. lonely housewives like us. <laughs> ones just lying away we just order stuff from amazon we don't even need oh, just no. hoping the ups can come on well what's funny is that since i started writing like i never used to get anything by ups you know if i ordered mm-hmm. anything it was always like i always order the cheapest one the one that comes on the back of a pony you know mm-hmm. um and uh, you know so i started getting stuff from ups when i started writing because you know they they overnight all the stuff to you you know the right. books and the galleys and all that stuff mm-hmm. and um I never knew. I never fully understood the glory of the UPS guy oh, until I started writing. I mean, yeah. I was missing out on a whole, like, because, you know, there, yeah. before that I was working full time. whole opportunity there. So, you yeah. know, anything would come to mm-hmm. get delivered and we'd miss it. <laughs> but, I mean, I got to tell you, a UPS guy delivering wine, it's just the best of everything. It was the thrill of my month, right? <laughs> and then I got sick and I haven't been able to drink any of the wine until oh. tonight. Oh. <laughs> Can you believe That's that? That's tragic. It is tragic. That so is tragic. tonight mm-hmm. I am having a mm-hmm. 2005 Stallion Cellars Pinot Noir from California. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yes. And Sounds from good. the bottle, the wine mm-hmm. notes are an elegant Pinot Noir that rises to occasions with spirited structure and harmonious balance. And that's well, that's it. vague. That's it. That's the That's whole vague. thing on the. They I don't mean, even give you. They didn't even bother to throw you a saddle letter no, or anything. No. But <laughs> a little you know bit what? of white pepper, nothing. I kind of like what? the little uh-huh. short. You know, I'm like wow. fine. That's right. fine. It, at least it makes sense. Well, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, well, kind of a yeah. spirited structure and harmonious balance that makes sense to you. I yeah. don't understand what that it's means. It's very generic. But then again, I didn't yeah. know what quince was either. So obviously. <laughs> uh, anyway, keep going. Okay, <laughs> it posts. 15.4% alcohol, making oh it, my God. not kidding, 
making it not only the strongest Pinot mm-hmm. I've ever had, but the strongest wine I've ever tried on the show. Woohoo. So be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going downhill from here on. It is, <laughs> it is 1999 from uh-huh. mm-hmm. Also making it the most expensive wine I think I've ever tried on the show. I think wow. that's about right up so there. You're so you're just breaking records left and right I am. Here. I am. Wow, uh, now, good. my notes are it's very it's a very full Pinot Noir. Uh-huh. It's not a thin or a light Pinot Noir. Uh-huh. It has a lot of fruit, it, mm-hmm. but it has a, it's but it's very very smooth. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. if I were blindfolded, I would have, have pinned it as a Shiraz or something uh-huh. much heavier. It's very strong for a Pinot. <laughs> if I was blindfolded, Woo-hoo! I would have no idea what I was tasting. <laughs> what is that? You know, we should do yeah. that someday. Oh, uh, I oh, don't know how we could do it. A blindfolded one? Oh Wouldn't my god! That Can be you fun? imagine? Yeah, have our husbands. <laughs> have our husbands go buy us a bottle of wine each and put it in a bag and then we're like drinking it out of the bag you know like winos do bag, uh, like, like, like home, yeah, yeah like winos do but just wrap the bag around it with like duct tape oh okay yeah <laughs> all right you know i wouldn't be surprised if one of these weeks we ended up doing exactly I that i think that might be fun that might be fun we'll have to that do that might be okay. Fun. okay so how many that, glasses anyways, are you giving this i'm giving it 4.5 it's i wow. love it it is smooth wow. well you know drink slow smooth. because you're on antibiotics and you're drinking 15.4 percent alcohol oh, yeah, i told you you can have you can have antibiotics and wine you can't have painkillers and wine I, I think See, that's I thought you weren't was. supposed to have wine on antibiotics, yeah, but maybe I just, right. just want to tell you. I took them early this morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You know, what? It, as long as antibiotics are making you feel better, I'm not going to argue with you. The wine's uh, making you feel better. What matters is how you is. feel, honey. And I do. I feel so much better. I have Good. a really bad I'm sinus so infection glad. for all you of you out there so who sick last week. Sick for three weeks. I've been you sick were with miserable. This I know that's horrible. Well, I'm know, glad so. you're feeling better, Thank sweetie. you. That's Thank good you. news. Good enough to have wine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, now that we've gotten that taken care of, and we are now working on the longest A block ever, because oh, I've been Do- gone, I've been gone, and I'm like, I'm so chatty tonight. I know. So, I love it. It's I not know. just me. <laughs> but, you know, you get started talking about the UPS guy. That's just going to make for a long oh, A block. This I know. Calendars. I'm telling you, calendars. Uh-huh. All right. Well, now let's move on to... This week on the forums. <laughs> That's so sad. We really need some like real. I you know, know. one yeah. of these days when yeah. we get a budget. Yeah, there you <laughs> we'll go. Do that. All right, this week on the forums, the hot topics were a little ray of sunshine. Yay. What men really think. <laughs> Collages. Telling a story in six words. Mac software and wine sorbet. I'm telling you, wine mm-hmm. popsicles. Remember we talked about that? I absolutely we could make a fortune. (laughs) Sell them on the side of the street, (laughs) like kids with their (laughs) lemonade stand. Except we've got our wine popsicle stand. (laughs) We could make it a drive-through. Except oh, oh no, yes, (laughs) that would be a problem. Plus, we had nine new members on the forums. We're up to like 88 members. God bless all you guys. (laughs) We hit 100. We're going to have to get some moderators. I know. (laughs) To keep an eye on everybody and make sure everybody's (laughs) behaved. (laughs) So welcome to our new whiffers, and uh, we're happy to have you on board. Yes, thanks for joining up. And mm-hmm. for all you guys missing out on the fun, join in. There's a link to on the... Uh, 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 
Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me try that again. I'm not even the one with the 15.4%. Okay. And the antibiotics. <laughs> right. You have an excuse. I, however, am just an idiot. Okay, there's a link to the forums on the right-hand side of our website at willwriteforwine.com. The community is rocking. And also, we've added a new board specifically for questions you guys would like answered on the show. That'll make it easy for us to find because I usually end up wading through all of our email going, I knew somebody has something sometimes. So, yeah, that would uh, be makes, good. <laughs> and, makes it a lot easier on us. And we also have a place for, uh, uh, well, a topic started for show uh, topics for this year. Right. So mm-hmm. um, if you've got anything you want to add, there's a there's a topic going right. out on that. And I take mm-hmm. every single one. I might not answer them, but mm-hmm. I do put them in the database. Right, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anything you want us to talk about, anything you make a, make a good uh, show topic, I am just bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> Jet lag. It's jet God. lag. It's because you know, you're such a just... jet setter, you know? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, it's time for a refill. We'll be back in a minute. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, jet setter. At Will Write for Wine, we take our civic responsibility very seriously. We don't want anyone getting into any trouble just because we made drinking wine look cool. So we'd like to make the following statements We are cool. We just have to be drinking wine while being cool. It's not the wine that's cool, it's us. And you, of course, because you listen to us and you're obviously in the top 1% of cool, so you should be happy about that. And that's it. That covers it. But the public service announcement is scheduled for a full minute, so underage people get a Pepsi. No soup for you! And if you're planning on driving tonight, put the glass down. Not worth it. Also, never pluck your eyebrows when you've been drinking. That's a handy piece of advice. Oh, and if you put a bottle of Chardonnay in the freezer to chill it quickly, set a timer. A loud timer. Trust us, the last thing you want is a bottle of Chardonnay exploding all over your veggies. And if you're over the age of 35, no drinking games. You're going to have to trust us on that one. Okay, that's it. Time's up. Just remember, it's not the wine that's cool. It's you. Welcome back. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. And this is We'll Write for Wine. Yay! <laughs> Yay! It's time for this week's listener question, which comes from Sonia, who defines herself as a new writer. Ah. Is Sonia a new writer? <laughs> oh, baby, aren't we all? <laughs> so Sonia says the question is mostly for Sam, and you'll understand why as soon as I read it. Uh, the question is, how do you plot? <laughs> what is the process you go through? <laughs> You know, you picked the question this week, so yeah. I saw the question. I'm like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. This is like a whole show. <laughs> it really is. Have it we really done is. plot yet? I don't think we've actually done plot. We did plot. the process. We yeah. talked about the plotting versus pantsing process. We did. Process, and we've but... talked about plotting in a, du- in a number of, right. of different shows. But I think to I think it would be really interesting. dedicated a whole show to it. Yeah, that might be good. I did put it yeah. in the database. So. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course <laughs> I did. <laughs> course there's not a spreadsheet in the land that sam can't this is not a spreadsheet it's a database you know what the database is set up like a spreadsheet i've seen the database anyway go ahead and answer for sonia's question are we gonna okay. answer it this week or? yeah i think so oh, good, good. <laughs> lucky for sonia yes um well for me i think plotting begins in my head with a kernel of an idea or a type of story that i want to tell mm-hmm. i always have like a wish list 
So my wish list is might be I want this to be an adventure. I want it to have certain, you know, an, a, like a trail, like a number of pieces that I want right. these people to go after. Um, mm-hmm. I want them to um, to travel to this place and this type of, you know, it, all the things that I want mm-hmm. in the story is kind mm-hmm. of like where I begin. Mm-hmm. From there. I can start to research and at that point it's it's very general so I mm-hmm. might just be researching the locations mm-hmm. or or a specific subject or you know whatever it may be so I'll I'll, I'll read reference books uh, watch videos I'll mm-hmm. you know do Google's whatever usually the research will provide me with that something special that I can hang my story off of. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just that one little nugget that I need, just that one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then after that, it's just a lot of hard work. Yeah. I, I, I think through various scenarios. I work out the characters. I work out the conflicts, the villains, the locales. I do the world building, and I basically define the structure of the story. Mm-hmm. Now, from there, um, I start a rough outline of the story, mm-hmm. and I work my way from the rough outline down to a more detail level. Mm-hmm. So I start to actually break out the rough outline into scenes and point of views and things like that. Mm-hmm. And now all of this can take anywhere from from two months to four months Mm -hmm. for me and it's just the way I go it's mostly in my head Mm -hmm. you know with some notes thrown in maybe some index cards whatever whatever I think at the at that moment is Mm -hmm. helping me to plot Mm -hmm. um and then usually by the time I get to the end of that process I'm like Mm -hmm. dying to write (laughs) right I mean it's like killing me because you've built it up I built Mm -hmm. it all up it's kind of like this dam of of Mm -hmm. water it's just kind of waiting to come out (laughs) this is terrible and I know I'm gonna get but it's basically like creative foreplay I mean (laughs) (laughs) you know you get worked up you spend the time, you put in the energy, you invest yeah. the time, and yeah. then there's there's the payoff when you That's actually right. get to write. And, and hopefully, the story hopefully is ready to be written at that point right. also. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. that's kind of my process. And it's very long, which makes it very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But yes. that's my process. Yes. And sometimes you just can't, you know, you can't fight it. No, no. Yeah. Does it change from book to book, though? Mine changes on every book. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm a No, pincer. mine's mm-hmm. almost exactly the same for every book. Now, the amount of time that it takes me to actually figure out a story, mm-hmm. because, you know, I write really complicated, complex, right. um, you know, types of stories. Mm-hmm. It takes me forever. Well, it mm-hmm. feels like forever. Yeah. It could mm-hmm. be three months mm-hmm. that I'm like thinking about this one thing and saying, is this, this isn't working, isn't working. And then bam, something mm-hmm. happens. I read something. It works. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the plotting actually could technically take longer than the writing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Actually, um, I'm finding yeah. for me that it does. Although I mm-hmm. really am not a plotter. Okay. Uh, shut up. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All those were just for the the ending. Mm-hmm. I I map out in my head once I've gotten past the the third mm-hmm. act. But um, basically, I um, for me and you know again I I'm you know I've always been a pantser where I just really start with a character. I start with a character and I put them in you know some kind of situation. But I really focus more on building the character and knowing who that character is when I write. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting a feel for who they are. So I sort of start with character. And then um, I kind of figure out, usually there's something I want to try, you know, in a Mm -hmm. book. Like um, for Fortune Quilt, I really wanted to torture the hell out of my character. (laughs) 
I wanted to just take her life and dash it on the rocks. Right. Well, and so, that's yeah. and that's what you basically hung your story on. Right. I mean, it's that's what that I built it around. Thing. That there's yes. one thing that there's one thing that I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. that I, I've seen right. somebody do in another book that I really loved or whatever. I mean, I usually there's usually one thing that I want to try mm-hmm. for that book. You know, to to give me a challenge for it. And then um, and then from there, I um, again, it's turning points. Mm-hmm. You know, I know where I'm going to start. I know where the end of Act One is. I know where the end of Act Two is. Act three and then the resolution, you know, which is act four. And, um, and I figure all that stuff out. And then I basically start at the beginning and just kind of ride my way through. It's like <laughs> holding on to a bunk in Bronco, just hoping <laughs> that you make it through. And, you know, a lot of times I honestly have no idea, um, you know, where I'm going to go the next day, you mm. know, and um, I have only a vague concept of, of kind of where I want the story to go. Um, but I find that by, you know, doing those turning points, I just plot out the turning points, yeah. you know, and figure out. And I don't even really necessarily plot them out. I just know, like, at the end of the turning point, I want her to change in this fundamental way. And a lot of times I'll have an idea of what that scene is, because usually the turning point scenes are the really, really fun. I mean, those are the mm. those are the game-changing the scenes. Yeah. yeah, those are the really fun ones. So, right. um, so those the ones that I that I think about well but. you know what's very funny is mm-hmm. that is that you go by the act structure mm-hmm. I don't even know where my acts are in my, in my story you do it instinctively though I, I used to yeah. do it instinctively and I didn't realize I was doing it until I s- studied act structure and I was like oh dude mm. so that's what's happening <laughs> you know I would hit the end of act one and I knew I was at the end of act one and I would just sit there and flounder because I didn't know where I was supposed to go next mm-hmm. you know but instinctively I wrote to that and I think that yeah. you do too I mean I've read all your books yeah. you know yeah. so well, and I think it's it, part of it is also timing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is, but always, you know, even like a musician, mm-hmm. I have like this time meter in my head. Right. And mm-hmm. you kind of know when something is supposed to happen. Yes, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, you sort yeah, of instinctively, you have to trust if you, that. Yeah, if you read enough, you know, you read mm-hmm. a lot of books. I mean, so many, the books are just, that's just how stories are told, you know. Right. So, I mean, it's just kind of instinctive thing. It mm-hmm. helps to understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the very little bit that I understand. I mean, when I talk about it, like, it helps to understand it. I don't understand anything. <laughs> I have a very basic concept of what might be going on in story structure. And that's all I've got. I've got, like, well, a flashlight I... and a bottle of Yoohoo. That's all I've got getting me through this, you know? Well, and it's funny because we have a lot of people ask us questions, which is mm-hmm. great. And we've learned a lot along the way. Right. So we're mm-hmm. very happy, you know, to share whatever it is that, that we've discovered. <laughs> what little knowledge I have, I'm what happy to share with you, have. right? <laughs> But honestly, mm-hmm. every writer, it, it never ends. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, you are always, always learning. So, yeah. so it's that's always why a discovery. It, we're mm-hmm. always happy to answer the questions. And a lot of times we discover things about our own writing when we answer a question. Right. Which is very <laughs> so, exciting. So yeah. awesome question, Drink. Thanks, Drink. Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> to get your question answered on the show, email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or leave it in the question section on the forums. And now for this week's We Recommend segment. Right. This is where we recommend our favorite things. TV shows, movies, websites, recipes, whatever. (laughs) And share them with you. So what do you have this week, Lonnie? Well, I am recommending Steak and Shake. Oh, food. those of you, oh, seriously, have you ever been to a Steak and Shake? No, okay, I've it's never like, heard of it. I never did either. It's in the Midwest and the South. I looked it up mm. on their website, which is Steak 
N with just the N shake.com. Right. And, um, and they're, they're in the South. They're in like the Midwest and they're not out West where I've lived and they're not out East where I've lived. So it's all hmm. the States I haven't lived in. Every state I haven't lived in has a steak and shake. I cannot believe how wonderful these are. Jenny brought Ooh. us to it and it's like, they make these, um, I mean, it's a heart attack on a plate. It's like this unbelievably <laughs> like fried hamburger and these, you know, fries and shakes and onion rings and oh my God, the, 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 shakes the milkshakes there you can die happy after having one of these milkshakes (laughs) and you probably will i mean i had we went there twice and i had two of these milkshakes last week and let me tell you i have steak and shake thighs right now (laughs) i'm gonna be working off steak and shake butt for a year but you know what it was so good so it's kind of a good thing that they don't have them here but i'll tell you something (laughs) when we go back i'm gonna be like steak and shake immediately it was so good oh awesome (laughs) so i suggest if any of you are in a steak and shake state Mm -hmm. you know that you should go and uh and visit Mm -hmm. well i will remember that yes if we ever travel across the country right (laughs) (laughs) all right well my recommendation is fire pajamas well hello yeah now (laughs) all the guys out there are going what the hell are fire pajamas so let me explain okay fire pajamas are not on fire they don't cause fires in fact hopefully you'll never have to deploy them (laughs) fire pajamas are the kind you wear in case your hotel catches on fire so these are the pajamas everyone will see you in at 2 a.m when all the alarms are going off and that you'll show up on tv wearing all right. These are not, I repeat, not pajamas you normally sleep in. They don't have holes in them. They are all saggy in the butt. And they aren't five years old. Oh, dear. <laughs> so since Lonnie and I are heading to Maryland next weekend. Oh, my God. And my pajamas were in a sorry state. I bought fire pajamas today. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. And when I checked out the girl the uh-huh. noted how nice they were, and I said, yeah, they're fire pajamas. Uh, and she just smiled uh, and nodded. Uh, totally got it. She did? Yeah, she got it. Oh, my God. Because I had no idea what you were talking about. It's like you wear them in case the hotel catches on fire? Like, yes. how could you possibly? Okay, now I get it. Now I get what you're yes. saying. Yes, yes. Um, they're fire um, pajamas. Now I'm some bringing people... my same old ratty pajamas. <laughs> I'm going to well, go out and some people yeah. might have, like, robes, but I never have space for a robe. No. Well, so have... I have to have fire pajamas. <laughs> well, so let's just, just so you know. Let's just hope the hotel <laughs> doesn't catch on fire over there next weekend because that would totally stress me out. <laughs> But damn it, we're gonna look good. I'm right. gonna be. You're gonna look good. I'm wearing my old ratty pajamas that I wear all the time, and that I'm actually wearing right now. <laughs> a pair of flannel lounge pants and a t-shirt. Let me tell you. Um, but that's that's fascinating. That's a very Thanks. that's a very interesting concept. I'm really uh-huh. glad you brought that up. Because I'll be praying all next weekend. Whereas before, I was gonna be all nice and relaxed, being out of the house. But now I'm gonna be like, oh my god, what if the hotel catches on fire? I have to walk the one Channel story three news down. Is be the one story, the story one down. Story. <laughs> well, that wraps up. Well, that wraps up this block. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I warned you about the wine. <laughs> a sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. 
calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is What Right for Wine. Yay. <laughs> Tonight's show is movie night. Indiana Jones and in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going to talk about, mostly about... <laughs> Okay, I wrote this. We had I some scripting problems. Sober when I wrote it. Okay, we're going to talk mostly about what movies can teach you about writing action slash adventure. Right, but we'll throw in whatever else comes to mind as we mm-hmm. chat about it. So, Sam, get us started. What do you think makes Raiders of the Lost Ark so great? Well, you know what? I think it is possibly the best opening scene ever. I, you know, I totally second that. Uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's also one of the longest opening scenes. Now, he right. starts in the jungle with a map, mm-hmm. finds the cave where the treasure is, dodges a bunch of deadly traps, gets mm-hmm. the idol, loses the idol to his helper, mm-hmm. almost loses his life. A young the, Alfred Molina, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Gets the idol back from his now dead helper, <laughs> almost gets flattened by a giant rock ball. Mm-hmm. Um, loses, rock ball. I believe they call them boulders. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Loses the idol again to his arch nemesis. Uh-huh. Uh, escapes pygmy, pygmy, pygmies, pygmies with low guns. Oh my god. Jumps into a moving water plane. Mm-hmm. What do you call those? Floating planes? Whatever. And it, yeah. And all this happens in one scene that lasts 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Not only that, that one scene tells us everything we need to know about Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. He is Dr. Jones, which Mm -hmm. means he is not your average looter and is possibly, you know, he he obviously is an archaeologist. Right. Mm -hmm. He is completely fearless, but he's afraid of snakes. (laughs) He's very good with a bullwhip and is a capable fighter. He has Mm -hmm. a lot of experience tomb raiding. He's Mm -hmm. driven, determined, and will risk his life for what he wants. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe in magic or fables. He's not afraid of curses or anything that's not tangible or based on science. Mm -hmm. And if the action and his entire characterization isn't enough, we also get a sense of the pacing of the story and the genre. Mm -hmm. This scene sets the stage for the rest of the book, which continues... At a furious pace. Or the movie. Oh, <laughs> look, <the> sorry. <laughs> Again, I wrote that when I was sober. It's going to so be much one of easier. those nights, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's really an excellent opening. And mm-hmm. um, it's got that great action adventure. Now, you write more action adventure than I do. Yes. You know, I have yes. I have the occasional scene where people are getting shot at, but <laughs> Few, few and far between. Oh yeah, you know so, I love I love to open a book where somebody's oh, life yeah. is in danger or somebody dies or it's you know great. whatever. It's mm-hmm. it, it, that is a great way to open a book. Well, and I especially love the reversal because the thing about him being afraid of snakes is right at the end. Right. But I mean, he goes After through all this through stuff. All this. There's like poison yeah. darts and there's spiders and. You know, yeah. things flying out of the wall, skulls, and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just, he saw, you know, his old nemesis had been killed or whatever coming to get it. Yeah. And uh, and then he's afraid of snakes. Yeah. I hate snakes! You know? And, he's, <laughs> and what does he say? What does his friend say? 
Oh, it's my friend. It's like, my tough pet. Tough it up or something oh, at the yeah. end. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> he says, like, don't be a wimp or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I yeah. love that. I love it. Because I think that what that does is he's set up as this, you know, real classic tough guy who can handle anything. Mm-hmm. And then they do that reversal. I mean, the one thing that this movie is so good at is bringing in those little reversals that, that you don't expect, but they make complete sense. You know? Right. Like, I mean, you know, he's right. not afraid of anything, but then he's afraid of snakes i mean mm-hmm. being afraid of snakes is a completely rational thing if i Absolutely. was in a plane and had a snake climbing up my legs i'd be freaked out too <laughs> now of course, i wouldn't be running is, through the jungle like that but mm-hmm. i'm not afraid of snakes oh really yeah Ooh, my, uh... my brother used to collect grass snakes all the time so i would find them all over the house oh my god like my he would hide them <laughs> He would hide them in the bottom of the hamper of the laundry basket. Oh, that's so you'd rhyme. go to yeah. So you'd go to get the dirty laundry, and you'd pull it up, and there'd be like two snakes hang, hanging around oh, in there. Oh yeah. my god, I would beat him with a broom if that um, was my son. <laughs> oh god, no, my I father-in-law. You know, my father-in-law is a herpetologist, which is yeah. basically a guy that studies snakes. We went to his mm-hmm. house. The first time Adam brought me to his house, he brought me into the snake room, and this little rattler just goes off. Right? Mm. Ah, freaks me out. I hate snakes. Now, see, I'm <laughs> terrified of spiders. Mm-hmm. But snakes, Yeah. you know, one day I'm walking through the house, I see this, you know, snake, little snake in the corner, and I thought it was like a rubber snake that my son had. Mm. And I go to pick it up and it moved. <laughs> so I, you know, everybody's screaming in the house. I pick oh it up by God. the tail. I walk it out. Nope. I throw it into the field. And my husband looked at me and said, I can't believe. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Cause nope. he's That's why I have snakes, a cat. But, yeah. That's why I have a cat. I'm just set the cat on anything. But, okay. So anyways, but I'm afraid of spi- spiders, you know, which is, right. so that scene but where they had the spiders all over their right. necks, all yeah. over their backs and stuff mm-hmm. freaked me out. See, yeah. but it makes mm-hmm. it makes sense that there would be something that he would be afraid of like right. that. And it's one of these wonderful reversals, mm-hmm. you know, in this in this movie. Right. And one of the other things that I work that I, that I think really worked well in this mm-hmm. movie is the pacing. Right. Now, this story starts with a furious pace. There mm-hmm. are lulls and there should be yeah. in the rest of the movie, but mm-hmm. the furious pace picks up time and time again to bring mm-hmm. you back. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, they did a great job with the travel. There was mm-hmm. a lot of travel in this movie. They went from from country to country, from continent to continent. Mm-hmm. And every time they traveled across the globe, you see the plane and you see a with red the line. Map and yes. the, but you know what's so with great is that they used so to do good. that in, in movies. This mm-hmm. is a, you know, this suppose this takes place in the thirties and at that right. time when they did travel in movies, that's what they would do. They'd have the little map and the line moving along the map right so uh, i thought that was a really really nice touch i, I like that it was. it was a very subtle you know kind of time mm-hmm. setting of the time so. right mm-hmm. it keeps the story from stalling right during mm-hmm. the transition mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um the other thing that was great was the characters it right w- excellent casting mm-hmm. i mean indiana jones is is the main protagonist of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. marion uh to a much lesser extent i think but mm-hmm. every character stayed true to themselves mm-hmm. throughout the book um even the monkey even the monkey. <laughs> Even the right. monkey. The monkey was a great character, too. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It had a great external conflict, which mm-hmm. was the Nazis. Now, what right. and see, more here's the do I need thing to say? about Nazis? Mm-hmm. You know, and again, apologies to Nazis, but um, they make such great villains because you don't even, you know, whatever happens to these guys, like, yeah. you don't care. They're, you know, you just want them to die because they're so horrible. Yeah. Um, and, the, um, and using Nazis as, um, as villains, especially, you know, in the time frame, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, it, it 
it completely makes sense but it just works so well because everything that happens to them you know when they finally get their comeuppance you're just so ready for them to get you know blown away so right Right. Well, also the whole issue of we have a a weapon of mass destruction that Mm -hmm. could destroy the world or certainly turn the tide of the war if placed in the wrong hands. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a very compelling external conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, the internal conflict was Mm -hmm. very interesting because not once... Did Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones say he didn't want the Nazis to have the Lost Ark because he was afraid they use it as a weapon? Mm -hmm. His only concern is that he wants to be the one to find the Ark Mm -hmm. so it can go to a museum. Right. He basically doesn't care about humanity. He cares Mm -hmm. about history. Right. You know, mm-hmm. period. Even over Marion at times. Right, right. I know, wow, and that's what's so was... great about his character is mm-hmm. that um, he's so single-minded about it. Right. You know, and there are times where you know, especially with Marion, mm-hmm. where you know you would expect them to you know give in to the love story, and she's the most important thing, and everything else pales in comparison, and that just doesn't happen. Doesn't he's happen. Just, he is into the history. He is completely dedicated, and that's one of those nice little reversals again mm-hmm. that um, that you don't expect, but that make complete sense, you know, in in yes. the context of his character. So, yes. mm-hmm. and I think because there were so many reversals, mm-hmm. that actually it you expected it. It made more sense as right. the movie went on. Mm-hmm. Right. right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the other things that I that I think worked exceptionally well was the comedy. Right. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best examples I've ever seen of comedy entrenched Mm -hmm. in action scenes. Mm -hmm. It was very funny, but it also released some of that tension because some of those scenes were so intense. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. they were. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, we were talking about, one of the things we talked about was what can you learn from this movie about writing great action scenes? Yeah, and I think that this is something that um, I'm really interested to hear your take on because I don't do that that much, but I think that this this particular movie is so great at action scenes. So mm-hmm. as far as going from a movie to, you know, taking the lessons you learned from this into a book, I mean, how do you translate that? Okay. Well, first off, I want to say that I think that your action scenes are fine. Oh, well, no, they're <laughs> Very fine. Very fine. I don't write no. that many of them, though. Yeah, you know, but I mean, you know I don't, what? Mm-hmm. The, the couple that you had in Freya were mm-hmm. wonderful. Freya's oh, book, you. Uh, Wish, the, you, were Wish you Were Here. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's coming yes. out next year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, they were great. I read mm-hmm. them. They were great. They were mm-hmm. solid. It was it was wonderful. Well, um, isn't, it isn't much, though, but I mean, like, the kind of action adventure that you do, mm-hmm. you know, is this kind of, like, I have, you know, people get shot at, and they run, and they duck, and, you know, and it's all funny, mm-hmm. and it's it's fun, you know, and I enjoy doing it. But um, but you write these books that are basically very much like, like, a sight unseen. I always mm-hmm. thought of, like, as a female Indiana Jones, and same thing with Out of Time. Right. Because what you have is you have action upon action upon action upon action and you really kind of write in that same in that same vein I do and so I'm you know I mean I think that I think that there's a lot but I mean as far as like what are the things that you do in a book that are that are similar to the way that they did things here Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and I said that the two movies that, that impacted me most mm-hmm. were Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Wars mm-hmm. for the science fiction, but Indiana mm-hmm. Jones for the action adventure. Right. Mm-hmm. What I have learned mm-hmm. from these great movies is balance. 
Right. Mm-hmm. You can overdose on action scenes, and it's certainly been done to the oh, point yes. where you sacrifice the story. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the reason the story needs to be told. Mm-hmm. In this movie, the action scenes were all about Indiana Jones overcoming impossible odds to beat the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So in every scene, we are rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Even after I've seen this movie many times i'm still riveted mm-hmm. when he pulls himself under the truck oh right or he stumbles in front of that big round boulder uh-huh. uh, right. or the bad guy shoots him an arm that's great mm-hmm. action it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be as powerful i mean it wouldn't be as powerful if you weren't so invested in the character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to character. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have action scenes and things are blowing up and it's mm-hmm. really phenomenal and it's great and, mm-hmm. and, and visually it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you don't care because you're not invested in the character. Right. And now, it's really got to you... up the stakes for the character, too, because each of his action scenes, you yes. know, were all about him. You know, it, it upped the stakes for him every time. It did. Because you know? he, kept, mm-hmm. he kept getting more and more beat up. I know. As the movie progressed, and uh-huh. you know, and that that was very nice about the realism of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, now, realistically, if he actually had to do all those things, he would have been like, you know, he would have been killed. coma. <laughs> yeah, he would have been in a coma, you know, in a full body cast or whatever. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but it is the character that we care about. Mm-hmm. So, in every action scene, you can have them fighting, you can have them getting shot at, or mm-hmm. whatever, or shooting, and the action scene can last forever. If you don't care about that character, it's just an action scene. Right. right. If you care mm-hmm. about the character, mm-hmm. then it's much more than that. You are mm-hmm. totally invested. Yeah. So, and I also yeah. loved, like, especially in the opening, is that you've got this huge action. Like, he goes mm-hmm. through all this stuff to get this, you know, this um, idol. Right. And then he comes out and he's won. Yeah. You know, he got through the place alive. He got the idol out. Everything's mm-hmm. great. And then everything reverses on he him and he loses it, it to this, know. you know, to the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I thought that that was really great. And then, like, the scene where um, uh, where they're getting chased through the market mm-hmm. and Marion's in the basket. Yes. You know, and he's basically trying to find Marion and that's his mm-hmm. big thing. And then, of course, she blows up and he thinks she's dead, which is, you know, very sad and tragic. And right. um, and I mean, that was really great because Marion was at stake there, you know, and so right. that kind of upped the stakes for him as far as how mm-hmm. much she meant to him. Right. You know, and um, and then, you know, at the end. Um, when he's going after the Ark, you know, it's the Ark and Marion. So it's it's both things that are at stake. And he has to right. choose. You know, it's part mm-hmm. of the thing like we were going through the torture your characters. Yeah. You know, how to torture your characters. And um, that make them choose between the two things yeah. that make they want the most. Make them choose between right and right. Right, exactly. Terrible thing to mm-hmm. do to your character. Mm-hmm. But it's really fun. But it's so <laughs> great. I mean, it's so great. And that was what was so great about that final one. So, mm-hmm. you know, you found out all the things that mattered enough to him, right. you know, for him to really risk his life. And it was Marion and it was the, um, you know, the artifacts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then at the end, you know, he has to weigh both of them. You know, right. both things that he's willing to risk his life for and decide which one, you know, he wants to do. So right, um, right. so I thought that that was really good. I like the mm-hmm. way that that was done. So do okay. the action scenes, um, do you escalate your action scenes like that? Like, I, you know, I mean, I've read all your books, well, but I'm trying to think, like, you know, consciously. Like, I don't really think about that that much. You know, like, I don't think you need to escalate them. I think mm-hmm. what you do is you put your characters in danger mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
and I and and each one becomes more important to the reader, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have that much more invested right. in that character. Mm-hmm. Um, they also understand, I think, better by as each scene goes on. Mm-hmm. How much it takes out of the character, what it's doing to the mm-hmm. character, how mm-hmm. it's torturing them, mm-hmm. and and that's you know that's really what you want out of your action scenes. Mm-hmm. They need to move the story forward, the story, right. not mm-hmm. just for the sake of having an of having people action. get shot at, right? Because yeah. as soon as or somebody's life is in danger, you know, I mean, it's all about the stakes. But as soon as somebody's life is in danger, then you've automatically got you know high stakes but it's also exactly. about like how does this how do does the character change from the mm-hmm. beginning of the action scene to the end of the action scene yep now you can tell a great movie mm-hmm. um by the way people talk about it right if they mm-hmm. say the special effects were really awesome mm-hmm. then you know that they weren't invested in the characters mm-hmm. if right. they tell you it was a great movie mm-hmm and it had a lot of inv- uh, uh, you know action in it then mm-hmm. you know that it was done well right. that the character was invested so mm-hmm. yeah all right so what about the love story what do you think made that work well you know for one thing it's a reunion love story Aww. yeah i, love I know those. you like those I those know. are yeah. my favorites <laughs> which means you can skip all that slow build up and go right to the action mm-hmm. now can you imagine what a slow building love story would have done to this movie oh god yeah right mm-hmm. right so their only choice really was to take a re was to use a reunion story mm-hmm. so it works because we totally get what happened between yeah. the two of them in the first three minutes that indiana and marion are together mm-hmm. in the same room right and boom we're starting from the halfway point and moving forward mm-hmm. and i do have to say out of the three movies mm-hmm. marion was my favorite heroine oh absolutely she had guts she was very mm-hmm. independent she stood toe-to-toe with indy she mm-hmm. could have she probably could have taken him right she smacked a bad guy in the face with a fry pan. I mean, she how hit the knife under her? her clothes. I, I loved know. her. She was the other great. movies. The she the women in the other movies were just yeah placeholders. Horrible. Yeah, they yeah. really were. They were nothing compared to Marion's. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Indiana's uh, character arc. Okay. The movie. I think in the beginning, mm-hmm. it's it's very telling when Indiana talks about the arc legend with great skepticism Mm -hmm. he says you know the power of god if you believe in that sort of thing right Mm -hmm. which obviously he doesn't or he wouldn't Mm -hmm. have said that he's an archaeologist he believes in the ark Mm -hmm. but he doesn't believe in the power it could possess Mm -hmm. his only interest is the historical value right Mm -hmm. and then there's the scene Mm-hmm. And that's at the beginning. So mm-hmm. it, then there's a scene sort of, you know, about probably about two thirds the way yeah. through the story. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he finds Marion tied up <gasps> by the bad guys. I love that. And she's gagged. When and he's this, just figured out where the ark right. is. Uh-huh. And he's found the location of the mm-hmm. ark. He realizes when he's talking to her mm-hmm. that if he frees her, they will launch a search that will jeopardize his mission. Right. Mm-hmm. To get the ark. Mm-hmm. And he regags her. He leaves her there <laughs> while she's cursing at him. I love yeah, Marion. Yeah, I know. I, I love her too. Mm-hmm. At this point, he hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. This scene just reinforces his determination. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talked about the scene where he has the rocket launcher right. and he threatens to destroy the ark if they don't give him Marion. Right. So at this point, he doesn't ask for the ark. He only mm-hmm. wants her. Right. Mm-hmm. Followed by. Mm-hmm. the point where they say okay go ahead and blow up the ark right the 
they call him on his bluff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he has the chance to destroy it, he can't he doesn't do, do it. it. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't do it. He's an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. He just can't do it, mm-hmm. right? So at that point, he's captured along with Marion. Mm-hmm. Now, the Ark gets opened. Uh-huh. And this is a very interesting scene because the ark is open and everyone is so excited and it starts to come alive Mm -hmm. and all this stuff is happening and all of a sudden he realizes Mm -hmm. that this could be true. Right. That Mm -hmm. all the devastation and the power that he heard about this could Mm -hmm. be true. Mm -hmm. And he tells Marion, the one person that he really cares about, Mm -hmm. to close her eyes and Mm -hmm. not look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that moment... He believes in something that isn't based on science and shouldn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So he actually, um, he actually believes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it turns out that he's right. Yeah. You know, because she doesn't know. She doesn't know any of this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if he doesn't tell her to close her eyes, mm-hmm. she's going to be dead like everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that really was the point where he kind of said, you know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more to life. Right. Mm-hmm. Than archaeology, than touching and seeing and feeling and right. smelling. And, and he you goes know. on faith at that point, too. Because, yes. I mean, he has a certain level of knowledge about it, but he's never been a man of faith. He's always been a man of action. Right. You know, and so then he uh, he arcs. And what's really funny is that he is essentially the same character mm-hmm. for three quarters of the book. Yeah. You know, it isn't until the end, the fact that he's even willing to bluff, you know, just to get Mm -hmm. Marianne back. He's not even trying to get the Ark back, that he's willing to bluff and say, you know, I'll blow it up. Um, And then, of course, the guy that he's, you know, Belloc is going to call him on the bluff because he knows him. You know, he and the thing that's great, too, about Belloc is that he is um, he's a doppelganger antagonist, Mm -hmm. which means that he and Indiana Jones are essentially the same guy. Yeah. You know, it's just that Indiana has some measure of soul. When it comes right down to it, he'll make a different choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bullock allowed Marion to be thrown in after yeah. Indy. Now, yeah. had had um, Indy been in that situation, I think he would have jumped in after her. Right. You know, and right. found a way out. Um, right. Or, or a way to keep her safe. A way to keep her safe. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, he wouldn't have let them... Yeah. You know, lock her up. But aside from that, mm-hmm. I mean, he and Belloc are not all that different. And that's one of the really great to have that doppelganger antagonist where you have, you know, your protagonist and your antagonist. And they're essentially the same person. Except mm-hmm. that when it comes down to making a crucial, you know, choice, one character zigs and the other character zags. Right. You know, and that's how you tell your your um, protagonist from your antagonist. But mm-hmm. um, but I think that that's, uh, that was a really, really fun um thing to do with block and it's something that you can apply to your writing when you think about your um your antagonist and your protagonist right you know right. having that doppelganger antagonist can be really mm-hmm. really fun because it just illuminates so much about your protagonist right so. right mm-hmm. all righty well i think that rock wraps up another rock and sea block <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know if we need more wine but we're we probably gonna get wine. some anyway <laughs> it's friday we'll right. night baby <laughs> that's right we'll be right back Flynn Daly needs a drink. Under pressure from her father, she's agreed to move out of her South Boston neighborhood and run the inn left to her by her dead aunt. The problem? It's in the middle of upstate New York where there's nature and bugs and no public transportation. The cute bartender keeps giving her attitude and she's getting visits from her Aunt Esther, even though she's dead. Jake Tucker needs a break. He's sure that Esther Goodhouse was murdered, but he can't find any proof. If cozying up to Esther's knees gets him the information he needs, so be it. 
but once he gets close to Flynn, he decides that some investigations are more fun with a partner. Crazy in Love by Lonnie Diane Rich, in stores now. Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Ripe for Wine. <laughs> Want to win some great prizes? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Of course you do. <laughs> Everybody does. Head on down to willripeforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, or just general commentary on the show. Each month, all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize. Oh, yeah. For February, we have a Will Write for Wine baseball cap Mm -hmm. from our Cafe Press store. And thank you to those of you who have been ordering so we could afford cool prizes. Right. And a hand-knit wine cozy from Lonnie. Yes. And I'm actually using mine tonight. I love it. I'm using mine tonight, too. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it keeps... I, I have my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And so my wine now is at the perfect temperature. Right. So mm-hmm. now the little wine cozy kind of keeps it cool for me. It's right. perfect. So It is. Yeah. It's so cute. So you All totally want to win this. Absolutely. Okay. All you mm-hmm. have to do to enter is send us email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on the website or participate in the forums. Okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> you take your time, honey. <laughs> no, you know what I did? Yeah. I added more to that line, but I didn't send it to you. And didn't send it to <gasps> Or you can post to questions in the new questions section on the forums. Very okay. good. Yeah. That was a very nice addition. <laughs> We will announce the winner. <laughs> God. On our first March show, so send in your comments and suggestions now or post them on the forums. Oh my God. <laughs> oh dear. The you know, we should, well, you know yeah. what? We should actually kind of like tape all that when we're sober and just play it. And just play it every you week. Just I mean? the yeah. same damn D block. So we sound really good. And then we get to the second section. People don't know what like, to do with <laughs> themselves if we sound good. If we sound like we have any clue what we're doing, they're gonna be like, What happened? Did aliens come and <laughs> take over their bodies? Um, all right. Well, up okay. next we have the dun 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 dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> we in. It's just sad. It's sad. We are so oh, God, yeah. So how'd you do this week? Oh, I'll tell you. I went to uh, Jenny Cruzy's house and ate steak and shake all week. That's what I did. Um, we actually did a lot of work on mm-hmm. Dogs and Goddesses, and we had to rework the first act, and we got a lot of stuff done. And the rest of it, as far as revision goes, is going to move by pretty fast. We just really needed to focus on, on the first act and getting that off to a strong start. So I did. I wrote, like, a new scene, and I rewrote, oh, my gosh, my opening scene. Opening scenes are are such oh, a bear they are they such are. a bear and even though jenny's scene is opening the, the book but my mm-hmm. you know from my opening scene for my character still has to establish that character and it's just so opening scenes are so difficult so i you know tore my hair out for like three days on that and then finally got all that done we got the first act done we're feeling really good about that and mm-hmm. uh and hopefully this time next week i Ooh. will have all of it done oh that would and be ready so to go great. to the editor and then i can just relax when that we would go be to so, Nora's, I'll be like, so Nora! Woo! <laughs> and Nora will be like, yeah, I write 15 yeah. books a month. Shut up. What do I do? Yeah, care? I know. I know. <laughs> she is amazing. She is And amazing. I was sitting next to somebody on the plane on my way mm-hmm. back who was reading Nora Roberts. And I was like, oh my God, I've never sat next to somebody who's actually reading a book by somebody I know. Oh my God. You know, although, of course, it's Nora Roberts. Like, everybody has a Nora Roberts Well, book, I, and, you know? and the thing is, not only is she prolific, but she's 
she's good. She's I mean, good she's and so she's sweet good. and she's gracious mm-hmm. and she's pretty. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, yep. goodness. And she's smart. Yep. Yes. You know, yeah. you'd hate her if she wasn't so cool. I know. She's, she's just wonderful. so freaking cool, too. I, I just love we her. Love her so. <laughs> well, this week, I, well, two weeks, because I had two weeks because mm-hmm, I was sick. Mm-hmm. But um, I got the galleys for Out Yay. of Time are done. Yay. They are shipped and they have been received, mm-hmm. which is always a point of fear for every author because oh, none of us right. wants to do those again. Isn't that like your biggest nightmare when you said oh, that? Oh, yeah. Out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, these took me forever between mm-hmm. the job and the yeah. sickness. But mostly I think it's, like, because it's the hundredth time I've read this book. Right. Mm-hmm. And by then, it all sucks. <laughs> like, the jokes aren't funny anymore. And you're just, like, rolling I your eyes you. going, oh, my God. I hear you. So, and, and, you know, and, of course, at that point, I always look at every book as being the end of my, my writing career. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But the worst part is... Is that these galleys mean no editing? Mm-hmm. You you can fix major problems like extra or missing words or printer errors and stuff right. like that, but there's no editing. Right, which no revision. Just kills me because mm-hmm. you know I can't even get through a script without <laughs> editing it. So. adding stuff for me to say that i don't know about yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. right and uh also i finished judging all my reader books good for you yay and i'm working on a new website yay and uh, wait you have another website I, no, no, it's it's a Samantha Graves. It's a oh, whole new revamp. You're revamping website. Samantha yeah. Graves. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say, you know, I think at a certain point you haven't enough oh, websites. Yeah. No, you know, I, I have like four, and I'm like, you know what? I'm full. Of- <laughs> I am full up on websites, right? Uh-huh. All right. Well, now it's time for this week's random etc. Where we do whatever we feel like because it's our show. This week we are doing my favorite <gasps> killer, killer word. word. All Ooh. right, go for it, baby. All right, your word <laughs> is. Toxin. Toxin? But it's not toxin. It's toxin. P-T-O-X-I-N? No. It's a something poisonous from a pterodactyl? <laughs> I have no idea. I like that. Thank but you. No. Yes, what is it? It is T-O-C-S-I-N. Uh-huh. And it is a warning or an alarm bell. Well, isn't that, that is weird to have a word that actually said? It, I mean, the, the pronunciation was capital T O C K, right? Talk, mm-hmm. And then small S I N, toxin. Mm-hmm. So it sounds just like toxin. It does, but it's completely different. But it's a totally different word. Well, I you stumped me on cool. that one. I thought that was very cool. Okay, that was that is pretty cool. Okay, all so right. Hit me. So mine is apodictic. <laughs> apodictic. What? Apodictic. <laughs> Apodictic. Is that better? All right. A-P-A-D-I-C-T-I-C. Oh, gosh. So painfully close. Close, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A-P-O-D-I-C-T-I-C. And uh, so it, and, and it means uh, somebody who is apodictic. Somebody who adapts at the speed of light. well there you go that's a valiant effort wrong but valiant um it is an adjective expressing Uh or of the nature of necessary truth or absolute certainty Ooh, i think that's kind of neat apodictic i like that those people who think that they are absolutely right 
All right. Don't now, question do or doubt it? themselves at all. A-P-O-D-I-C-T-I-C. Oh, I missed it by you one letter. You were so close. I was so close. So okay. close. Cool. Oh, that was very, very cool. I love Killer Word. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Well, the show's almost over, and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are. Morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com, where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by DogsAndGoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to SamanthaGraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. And don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint MySpace page, our cafe press store, and all the cool things we talk about during the show. By the time you're done with all that, we'll be back in a new podcast next week. Everybody plays and everybody wins. here at Will Write for Wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or post them in the forum. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. Send cheap wine suggestions to me. Lonnie. <laughs> also, don't miss our Cafe Press store where you can find very cool Will Write for Wine mm-hmm. merchandise. And we'd like to thank everyone who's ordered stuff already. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who haven't, the link can be found on the right-hand column at the website. Right, and if you're buying wine anyway, don't forget to try the link on our website to mywinesdirect.com, which will send the QUPS guy to your door with wine or to a friend's door with a wonderful and thoughtful gift for a birthday or an anniversary or an I'm thinking of you and just know you need wine Mm -hmm. from your UPS guy. Yeah, (laughs) and I can personally vouch for this. Right. (laughs) If you've enjoyed the show don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley or review us on iTunes. Right. And there will be no show next week because Sam and I will be at Nora Roberts Spring Book Signing in Boonesboro, Maryland on mm-hmm. February 23rd. I'll be there signing A Little Ray of Sunshine. Yes. And I'll be there hanging out with Lonnie and bringing the party. <laughs> because last year when we did this, we had a blast. Oh, gosh. It was great. It mm-hmm. was great. We were like the party. We it were. was wild and crazy, <laughs> and it lasted like three hours, oh, and we yes. had a blast. Mm-hmm. So if you've never attended one of Nora's signings, you haven't lived. Mm-hmm. Plus, she's a classy, generous lady, and a real pleasure to meet. She is. She's mm-hmm. so great. So if there are any whiffers in the area, come by, and be sure to identify yourselves and yes. let us know who you are, because mm-hmm. we'd be very excited to meet you in person. Right. Mm-hmm. We will put the pertinent info in the show notes. And if you can't make it, I believe you can order A Little Ray of Sunshine by Lonnie Damrich. <laughs> Did I say it? Lonnie Damrich? <laughs> Sounded like oh, Lonnie Damrich. <laughs> Which, you know what? <laughs> I've heard that before, too. And I'll answer to it. Okay. Lonnie Damrich. Damrich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. Nora's bookstore. Mm-hmm. And they'll have Lonnie sign it when mm-hmm. we're there. And it'll get to you somehow yes hope to see some of you there yes so until next time this is Lonnie and this is Sam saying if you can't write for money then write for wine yeah (laughs) okay bye bye 
Cry for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash wine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes. Remember, there's good karma out there. Vote for them at Podcast Alley. Come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin Firth's. Mmm, ring any bells? Or, you know, the, the soulmate, whoever does it for you. You get the point. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine. Down on my caffeine consumption. So when I get up, I just have one cup of coffee and I like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast. And on the way to work, I like to get a cup of coffee.